Section 12 of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Aparnabhat. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11 by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. The Fifth Day of the Issues of Good and Evil Actions When it was the fifth day, the fifth wazir, whose name was Jarpur, came in to the king, and prostrating himself before him, said, O king, it behoveth thee, and thou see or hear one look on thy house, that thou pluck out his eyes. How then should it be with him whom thou sawest, a middlemost thy palace? and on thy royal bed, and he suspected with thy harem, and not of thy lineage, or of thy kindred. So do thou away this shame by putting him to death. Indeed, we urge thee not to this, except for the assurance of thine empire, and of our zeal for thy loyal counselling, and of our affection to thee. How can it be lawful that this youth should live for a single hour? Therewith the king was filled with fury and cried, Bring him forthright. So they fetched the youth whom they set before him in fetters, and the king said to him, Woe to thee, thou hast sinned, a great sin, and the time of thy survival hath been long. But needs must we put thee to death, because there is no ease for us in thy life till we take it. Quote the youth, Know, O king, that I, by Allah, am guiltless, and by reason of this I hope for life, for that he who is innocent of all offence goeth not in fear of pains and penalties, neither greateneth his mourning and his concern. But whoso hath sinned, needs must his sin be expiated upon him, though his life be prolonged, and it shall overtake him, even as it overtook. Dad bin the king and his wazir, asked Azad Bakht, How was that? And the youth said, Hear, O king, whose days may Allah increase. The Story of King Dad bin and his Wazirs There was once a king in the land of Tabaristan, by name Dad bin, and he had two wazirs, one called Zor Khan and the other Kardan. The minister Zorkan had a daughter. There was not in her day a fairer than she, nor yet a chaster or a more pious, for she was a faster, a prayer, and an adorer of Allah the Almighty, and her name was Arwa. Now that being the king, heard tell of her praises, so his heart clave to her, and he called the wazir her sire, and said to him, I desire of thee that thou marry me to thy daughter. Quoth Zor Khan, O my liegest lord, suffer me to consult her, and if she consent, I will marry thee with her. And the king said, Haste thee with this. So the minister went in to his daughter, and said to her, O my daughter, the king seeketh thee of me, and desireth to marry thee. She said, O my father, I desire not a husband. And if thou wilt marry me, marry me not, 
but with a mate who shall be mine inferior in rank, and I nobler than he, so he may not turn to other than myself, nor lift his eyes upon me, and marry me not to one who is nobler than I, lest I be with him as a slave girl and a serving woman. Accordingly, the wazir returned to the king, and acquainted him with that which his daughter had said. When asked, he redoubled in desire and love longing for her, and said to her sire, And thou marry me not to her of good grace, I will take her in thy despite, and by force. The minister again betook himself to his daughter, and repeated to her the king's words, but she replied, I want no husband. So he returned to the king, and told him what she said, and he was wroth and threatened him, whereupon the father took his daughter and fled with her. When this came to the king's knowledge, he dispatched troops in pursuit of Zor Khan to stop the road upon him, whilst he himself went out, and overtaking the wazir, smote him on the head with his mace and slew him. Then he took his daughter by force and returning to his dwelling place, went into her and married her. Harwa resigned herself with patience to that which betided her, and committed her case to Allah Almighty, and indeed she was used to serve him night and day with a goodly service in the house of King Dadbin, her husband. It befell one day that the king had occasion to make a journey, so he called his second wazir Kardan, and said to him, I have a charge to commit to thy care, and it is yonder lady, my wife the daughter of the wazir Zor Khan, and a desire that thou keep her and guard her thy very self, because I have not in the world aught dearer than she. Both Kardan in his mind. Of a truth, the king honoureth me with an exceeding honour in entrusting me with his lady. And he answered, With love and all gladness. When the king had departed on his journey, Kardan said in himself, Needs must I look upon this lady whom the king loveth with all this love? So he hid himself in a place that he might espy her, and saw her surpassing description. Wherefore he was confounded at her, and his wit was wildered, and love gat the lordship of him, so that he sent to her, saying, Have pity on me, for indeed I perish for the love of thee. She sent back to him and replied, O Wazir, thou art in the place of faith and confidence, so do not thou betray thy trust, but make thine inward life like unto thine outward, and occupy thyself with thy wife, and that which is lawful to thee. As for this, this mere lust and woman are all of one, and the same taste, and if thou wilt not be forbidden from the stock, I will make thee a byword, and a reproach among folk. When the minister heard her answer, he knew that she was chaste of soul and body, wherefore he repented with the utmost repentance and feared for himself from the king and said, Needs must I devise a device, whereby I may destroy her, else shall I be disgraced with the king. Now when the king returned from his journey, he questioned Kardan of the affairs of his kingdom, and the wazir answered, All is right well, O king, save a vile matter which I have espied here, and with which I am ashamed to confront the Suvran. But if I hold my peace thereof, I fear lest other than I discover it, 
and I shall have played traitor to the king in the matter of my warning and my trust. Quoth that bean, Speak, for me thou art none other than a truth-teller, a trustworthy, and a loyal counsellor, in whatso thou sayest, undistrusted in aught. And the minister said, O king, this woman to whose love thy heart cleaveth, and of whose piety thou talkest, and her fasting and her praying, I will plainly prove to thee that this is craft and guile. Here the king was troubled and said, What may be the matter? And the wazir replied, I would have thee wot that some days after thy departure, one came to me and said to me, Come, O wazir, and look. So I went to the door of the queen's sleeping chamber, and behold, she was sitting with Abu al-Khair, her father's page, whom she favoureth, and she did with him what she did, and such is the manner of that which I saw and heard. When that being heard this, he burnt with rage, and said to one of his eunuchs, Go and slay her in her chamber. But the eunuch said to him, O king, Allah prolong thy life. Indeed, the killing of her may not be in this way, neither at this time. But do thou bid one of thine castratos take her up on a camel and carry her to one of the trackless wolds and cast her down there. So if she be guilty, Allah shall cause her to perish. And if she be innocent, he will deliver her and the king shall be free from default against her. For that this lady is dear to thee and thou slewest her father by reason of thy love for her. Quoth the king, by Allah, thou sayest sooth. Then he bade one of his eunuchs carry her on a camel to one of the far-off wilds and cut-off wolves, and there leave her and wend his ways, and he forbade her torment to be prolonged. So he took her up, and betaking himself with her to the desert, left her there without for want or water, and returned, whereupon she made for one of the hills and ranging stones before her in form of prayer niche, stood praying. Now it chanced that a camel driver, belonging to Kisra the king, lost certain camels, and his lord threatened him, if he found them not, that he would slay him. Accordingly he set out and plunged into the waste, till he came to the place where the lady was, and seeing her standing at prayer utterly alone, waited till she had made an end of her orisons, when he went up to her and saluted her with the salam, saying, Who art thou? Quoth she, I am a handmaid of the Almighty. He asked, What dost thou in this desolate place? And she answered, I serve Allah the Most High. When he saw her beauty and loveliness, he fell in love with her and said to her, Hark ye, do thou take me to mate, and I will be tender to thee, and use thee with exceeding ruth, and I will further thee in obedience to Allah Almighty. But she answered, saying, I have no need of wedlock, and I desire to abide here alone with my Lord and his worship. But an thou wouldst have ruth upon me, and further me in the obedience of Allah the Most High, carry me to a place where there is water, and thou wilt have done me a kindness. 
Thereupon he took her to a place wherein was running water, and setting her down on the ground, left her and went his ways, marvelling at her. After he left her, he found his camels by her blessing, and when he returned, King Kisra asked him, Hast thou found the camels? He answered, Yes, and acquainted him with the affair of the damsel, and detailed to him her beauty and loveliness, whereupon the king's heart clave to her, and he mounted with a few men, and betook himself to the place, where he found the lady, and was amazed at her, because he saw her surpassing the description wherewith the camel-driver had described her to him. So he accosted her, and said to her, I am King Kisra, greatest of the kings. Wilt thou not have me to husband? Quoth she, What wilt thou do with me, O king, and I, a woman abandoned in the waste? And quoth he, Needs must this be, and if thou wilt not consent to me, I will take up my abode here, and devote myself to Allah's service and thy service, and with thee worship the Almighty. Then he bade set up for her a tent, and another for himself, facing hers, so he might adore Allah with her, and fell to sending her food. And she said to herself, This is a king, and tis not lawful for me that I suffer him for my sake to forsake his lieges and his land. Presently she said to the serving woman, who used to bring her the food, Speak the king that he returned to his woman, for he hath no need of me and I desire to abide in this place, so I may worship therein Allah the Most High. The slave girl returned to the king, and told him this, whereupon he sent back to her, saying, I have no need of the kingship, and I also desire to tarry here and worship Allah with thee in this waste. When she found this earnestness in him, she fell in love with his wishes, and said, O king, I will consent to that which thou desirest, and will be to thee a wife, but on condition that thou bring me that being the king, and his wazir Kardan, and his chamberlain the chief eunuch, and that they be present in thine assembly, so I may speak a word with them in thy presence, to the intent that thou mayest redouble in affection for me. Quoth Kisra, And what is thy want unto this? So she related to him her story from first to last, how she was the wife of that being the king, and how the wazir Kardan had misspoken of her honour. When King Kisra heard this, he redoubled in love-longing for her, and affection, and said to her, Do whatso thou willest. Then he let bring a letter, and carrying her there into his dwelling place, entreated her with the utmost honour, and espoused her. Presently, he sent a great army to King Dadbin, and fetching him and his wazir Kardan and the eunuch Chamberlain, caused to bring them before him, they unknowing the while what he might purpose to do with them. Moreover, he caused to set up for Arwa a pavilion in the courtyard of his palace, and she entered it and let down the curtain before herself. When the servants had set their seats, and they had seated themselves, Arwa raised a corner of the curtain and said, O Kardan, rise to thy feet, for it besitteth not that thou sit in the like of this assembly before this mighty King Kisra. When the wazir heard those words, his heart fluttered, and his joints were loosened, 
and he rose to his feet of his fare. Then said she to him, By the virtue of him who hath made thee stand up to judgment in the standing stead, and thou abject and humiliated, I conjure thee speak the truth, and say what egged thee, unto lie against me, and drive me from my home, and from the land of my husband, and made thee practice thus against a man, and a Muslim, so as to slay him? This is no place wherein lying availeth, nor may artifice be herein. When the wazir was aware that she was Arwa, and heard her speech, he knew that it behoved him not to lie, and that naught would avail him save truth. So he bowed his head groundwards, and wept, and said, Whoso doth evil, needs must he incur it, albeit his day be prolonged. By Allah, I am he who hath sinned, and transgressed, and not prompted me unto this but fair, and overmastering desire, and the misery writ upon my brow. And indeed this woman is pure, and chaste, and free from all fault. When King Dadbin heard this, he beat his face, and said to Kardan his wazir, Allah slay thee, this thou that hast parted me and my wife and wronged me. But Kisra the king said to him, Allah shall surely slay thee, because thou hadst and lookedst into thine affair, and knewest not the guilty from the guiltless. Hadst thou wrought deliberately, the unright had been made manifest to thee from the right. So when this villain wazir proposed thy ruin, where was thy judgment, and whither went thy sight? Then he asked Arwa, What wilt thou that I do with them? And she answered, Accomplish on them the ordinance of Almighty Allah. Let the slayer be slain and the transgressor transgressed against, even as he transgressed against us, yeah, and to the well-doer wheel shall be done even as he did unto us. So she gave her officers order concerning Dadbin, and they smote him on the head with a mace and slew him. And she said, This is for the slaughter of my sire. Then she bade set the wazir on a beast and bear him to the desert whither he had caused her to be born. Leave him there without provant or water. And she said to him, And thou be guilty, thou shalt suffer the punishment of thy guilt, and die in the desert of hunger and thirst. But an there be no guilt in thee, thou shalt be delivered, even as I was delivered. As for the eunuch Chamberlain, who had counselled King Dadbi not to slay her, but to cause carry her to the desert, she bestowed on him a costly robe of honour, and said to him, The like of thee it befitteth kings to hold in favour, and promote to high place, for that thou spakest loyally and well, and a man is required according to his deed. And Kisra the king made him wali in a certain province of his empire. Know therefore, O king, continued the youth, that whoso doeth good is requited with good, and he who is guiltless of sin and offence feareth not the issue of his affair. And I, O my liege lord, am free from guilt, wherefore I hope in Allah that he will show forth the truth to mine auspicious king, and vouchface me the victory over enemies and envayers. 
When the king heard this, his wrath subsided, and he said, Return him to the prison till the morrow, so we may look into his case. End of section 12 Recording by Aparnabhat